I don't know about you, but I think we could be done after that song. <laughs> How do I follow that? Wow. Eunice? Oh, man. Man, man, man. Thank you guys so much. <clears throat> I'm feeling a little bit of a reverb here. Do you hear it? Here. It may annoy me, may not annoy you, but it'll annoy me, and I'll try to ignore it. Well, well, good morning, ladies. I have three questions before I get started to ask you. First, who saw the Super Bowl? Okay, pretty cool. Who and and then who heard the glory to God, glory to God, glory to God afterwards? How cool. I don't even like football. I don't even watch it. Uh, we just sort of jumped in at the end. Not my teams. I just like I I like the personal part of it. Like, oh my gosh, she's a little baby girl. She's so cute. I'm rooting for him. And that's what we did. We found out that um, that the quarterback had a cute little baby girl and he was a believer and so man, we were all on that that team the Eagles. And then now, second question, even though I sort of, the other one was a two-parter. Second question, who watched the show afterwards? This is us. And did the ugly cry? Yeah, I didn't. I don't watch it. And I stayed out of the room because my daughter, my youngest, Angie, who's, she and her husband are staying with us from Missouri. She watches the show and she sobbed. My son-in-law enjoys watching the show, but more so he enjoys watching her do the ugly cry. (laughs) By the way, the Semlers are known for their crying. It's sort of in our genes, and sometimes literally it is. You know, when you leave your tissues in the jeans and you wash them and they get all over the clothes, it's annoying. Anyway, um, but we are known for our, our crying, and uh, there's often, if more of us are in the room and one starts crying, people start looking at the rest of the assemblers to, to just see, and one, one by one, they, they get, they, we just start slobbering. So uh, third question, how many of you did, as Martha suggested, and read Psalm 119 even partially last, uh, in this past week? Some, who read the whole thing? Oh, you, some did? Good job. I wish I had a Smarty and a sticker for you. I don't, but good job for you. Well, the first time I read Psalm 119 in its entirety was on my 11th wedding anniversary nearly 19 years ago. Uh, it always seemed a daunting task to me. Has it been that way to you? Psalm 119. 176 verses to read all in one sitting. Well, it kind of reminded me of the restaurants where they offer the 30-ounce or whatever steak that's free if you eat the whole thing in one sitting. Well, the main difference eating this meat is that you won't need a bottle of Tums or a stomach pump, to be sure. On this anniversary, I was at a local hotel with my husband for the weekend. Now, this staycation was definitely more than just celebratory. It was medicinal, if you can understand my point there. For some reason, I was led to undertake the task of reading Psalm 119, the largest chapter of the Bible. Now, as some of you may know, we're a blended family. My husband called us, calls us blended, mended, and extended. We have, I came in with two children, he came in with three boys, and then we had one together, kind of a yours, mine, and ours. We did enjoy watching that movie with Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda until our oldest son said, Mom, we only have six kids, they have 18, let's keep going. No, we stopped watching. 
Because of being a blended family, I actually don't recall a time when we weren't going through trials and tribulations, and this time was no different. Now, I'm thinking about donating my brain to science because it's so unique, so unusual. I can memorize stuff, but I don't hold on to memories. My brain just doesn't do that, which can really be a benefit. And uh, so I couldn't tell you the specifics of the issues that I was dealing with on that June 11th, 1999 day, but written at the beginning of the psalm are the two words, revive me. Psalm 119 has been called the Psalm of the Laver. Every verse, with the possible exception of two, is a praise to the scriptures, to God's word. It's an acrostic psalm. There are nine acrostic psalms in which the first letter or line begins with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Psalm 119 is different, though, in that there are eight verses for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which brings the total to 176 verses. The number eight typically signifies resurrection in the Bible. Remember Martha teaching last week about the bronze laver? It stood between the brazen altar and the outer veil of the tabernacle proper. It was made of pure bronze that was melted down from the hand mirrors of the serving women, part of, as Martha calls it, their 400 years of back wages when they fled Egypt. These mirrors were a prized possession, not only of the Egyptian women, Martha talked about needing to look to get that eyeliner on, but the Jewish women as well. Things weren't like they are today. There wasn't a mirror on every flap of the tent to make sure they didn't have any long cheer hairs. These mirrors, mirrors were more than valuable to them. And yet these women voluntarily gave up the tools they used for judging the outward appearance, their outward beauty, in preference to the spiritual beauty that comes from within and from the work of the temple or tabernacle, excuse me. We also learned that the labor was always uncovered, always accessible, and it was always in the light. A few weeks ago, while studying for this teaching, that fact hit me. By day, the sun's brilliant light ricocheted off every inch of that bronze basin. And by night, the pillar of fire, evidence of God's holy presence, illuminated the labor thus keeping it always in the light, always accessible, always in the light. Psalm 119 can also be called the Psalm of Revival. Revive me or quicken me or resurrect me. Oh, does that sing to my soul? As it's written in the beginning of that psalm in my Bible, revive me, Lord, and that's a prayer that he will answer. Martha also shared last week Titus 3.5. He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing and regeneration and renewing through the Holy Spirit. The washing of regeneration speaks of our salvation, which is typified by the brazen altar. It's a one-time occurrence. The washing of renewing speaks of a daily occurrence. It's typified by the bronze 
labor. Both are a gift of God's grace and mercy through the Holy Spirit. 18 years ago, the Lord led me to write a children's musical called The Land of Promise. It was a story about a unique group of people called PDs, or Promise Dwellers. They ate God's word, which was actually uh, uh, little wafers with scripture verses written on it. They glowed in the dark, and their motto was, we plod for God. They lived in the land of promise, a section of the woods in a local park, and they always wore white. When the main character of the story, a young boy named Payne Roberts, is asked, the, asked these unusual creatures why they always wore white, they gave him this reply. We've been washed in the Red River. It's a river that's been dyed red, and it actually washes you white. Payne asks, how can a red river wash you white? Oh, say that three times really fast. What is it dyed with? Food coloring? The elder promise dweller, or Petey, Petey for short, his name was Poppy. The elder Petey Poppy replies, <laughs> we actually did have a character who was called the pea shooter, and that was Angie. And every word she said was, was pea, so she was the pea shooter. Poppy replied, it's not dyed with a Y, but dyed with an I. King Jesus died to make it red, and he goes on to share how one needed to go to the Red River only once, regeneration. But next to the Red River was a fountain we called Bear Lahiroi, the fountain of the living one who sees me. It is there that the promised dwellers could get their clothes clean again by washing in the well. Poppy explained how our clothes get dirty by the stain of sin, and we can and should go every day to this well to be clean. Renewal. Both my daughters, Jenny and Angie, were both PDs. They were in this Promise Dweller musical, as well as Keely, Martha's daughter. Keely played a part named, uh, her part was called Peggy, and she was a PD, a promised dweller prophet, and she always and only spoke in God's word. And one of her lines were, and I can see her visually in my mind, she stood there, this little 10-year-old girl, thy words were found and I ate them, and thy words became for me the joy and the delight of my heart, Jeremiah 15, 16. I, I mentioned to her today, and I saw her, that I was going to be sharing and talking about her, and she joined me as I was sharing that, and she remembered that, and she, yes, that whole thing. It was awesome. It was a great musical. Martha, last week, also shared about her whipped cream splatter story. If you haven't seen last week's teaching, go online and see, see it. It's excellent. She was in the wrong place at the wrong time, got covered with whipped cream. Now, actually, I was thinking about it. My grandkids would think they had died and gone to heaven if they were sprayed and covered with that white goo. At our home, if the whipped cream can comes out of the refrigerator, there appears a line of grandkids with their mouths open like little birdies, honestly, and waiting for me to go and fill it up, and Oma always does. Martha needed cleansing from her encounter. The hidden tissue in my jean pockets that explode when I'm washing in the same way needs to be cleaned. By the way, talking about tissues, 
If you must wash something, paper towels are so much easier to get out of the wash. I can tell you that firsthand because I washed a bunch of them last week. They're much easier. Our kitchen sink uh, exploded on Angie on Tuesday of last week, and it resembled the, it did a Fountain Hills imitation, making a huge water mess, and, and paper towels were included in that. So anyway, so much more so do we need cleansing from the encounters of our own sinful heart and the wicked world, right? Cleansing removes, dissolves, disintegrates, purifies, changes, and helps with healing is in cleansing a wound. A wonderful principle of cleansing that I just thought of, well, thought about, is that you don't get back or take back what was washed away. Dirt on your hands when washed combines with the water and can disappear down the drain or on the ground. There may be remnants left of what was there, but um, stains like our clothing could be still there, but the dirt is gone. It's washed away. I love that song that they sang. What a blessing the entire concept of cleansing is. Think about that. Thank you, Lord, for cleansing. The ability to become clean, how absolutely horrible it would be to live a life where you were not able to, you had no option, no choice to be scrubbed clean physically or spiritually. Oswald Chambers, one of my favorite uh, mentors, uh, and can't wait to see him in heaven, author of the devotional, My Utmost for His Highest, says, cleansing from sin is to the very heights and depths of our spirit. If we will keep in the light as God is in the light, and the very spirit that fed the life of Jesus Christ will feed the life of our spirits. He goes on to say, if I walk in the light as God is in the light, not in the light of my conscience, but in the light of God, if I walk there with nothing nothing folded up, then there comes the amazing revelation. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin so that God Almighty can see nothing to censure in me. When the priests looked into the melting molten sea of bronze mirror, they had a choice. They could ignore what they saw and go on in their dirty state, or they could trust what they saw and allow the water to cleanse them, purifying them and making them ready for service in the tabernacle. Looking into the washing water revealed their defilement and after cleansing, their purification. Washing their hands symbolized their service to the Lord and the washing of their feet symbolized their walk with the Lord. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, We constantly thank God that when you received from us the word of God's message, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. The writer of Hebrews tells us the word of God is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now, I've been taught as most all of you no doubt have, for years, the importance of quiet time, reading God's word to get to know him, to get to know Jesus, to fellowship with the God of the universe, and be in beautiful communion with him through the Holy Spirit. 
I have this special time most every day, and I so love it. But equally important is what I will call cleansing time. Reading God's word so the Holy Spirit can show me if there is anything hindering the beautiful communion and fellowship with the God of the universe. Turn with me, please, to Psalm 139. We're going to read verses 23 and 24. If you're a memorizing woman, I would encourage you to memorize these two verses. And it really would behoove all of us to recite these to the Lord every single day. Are we there? Psalm 139, 23, and 24. 139, 23, and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. God searches our heart. He knows our heart. He doesn't have to search for anything. Often I'll say, Search me, O God, you know my heart. You know my anxious thoughts. Now, God's word doesn't cleanse in and of itself. It's the spiritual mirror that lets us know if we're dirty or in need of washing. We are cleansed only by what Jesus did for us on the cross. We are cleansed only by the blood of the lamb. Jesus paid the price for us and made the process of cleansing forgiveness for our sin, simple. Simple, but not easy, because we must admit to the fact that we're dirty. This labor is always accessible and always in the light. 1 John 1, 9, or 5 through 10, actually says God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from some righteousness. No, all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We all sin. It says so right in here. We all get our hearts dirty and need cleansing. But how do we get clean? Years ago, I came up with an acronym that has helped me and many other women over the years. You rag it. You R-A-G it. You are. You recognize your sin. You are recognize your sin. You A, admit it sin and ask Jesus to forgive you. And then G, you give it to God. Recognize the sin of your heart or sin from the world, your small world. And sometimes the ragging involves us forgiving others. We recognize the wrong that's been done to us. We 
ask Jesus to help us forgive from the heart whoever has hurt us. And again, we give it to God. Today, we are going to spend a little bit of time in front of the labor of God's beautiful word. We are going to take our hearts dirty as they may be so that Jesus might sanctify us, having cleansed us, each of us, by the washing of water with the word. As I shared earlier about the cleansing principle, when God forgives us our sin, it is gone. Not even a grain or a stain is left behind. Hallelujah, all my sins are washed away. You may need to remind yourself and your enemy of that fact more times than not. That's the importance of the G, giving it to God. Then bathe in the truth of who you are. Beloved, his masterpiece, beautiful in his sight. I have asked my two beautiful daughters, Angie and Jenny, to help me as we open the word to Psalm 119. Would you please turn there or click there or whatever you do with your smartphones? <laughs> Jenny and Angie, you want to come up? There are 10 phrases used for God's word. Thy law, thy testimonies, thy precepts, thy commandments, thy righteous judgments, thy word, thy ordinances, ordinances, thy ways, thy wonders. Even now, Father God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. We're going to read some scripture verses, not the whole, whole chapter. Calm down, ladies. But follow us as we read and just look into the labor of God's word and be washed clean in the wonder and the beauty of it. Verse 1 and 2. How blessed are those whose way is blameless, whose walk who walk in the law of the Lord, how blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. Verse 9, how can a man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to thy word. Verse 14 and 15, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies, as much as in all riches I will meditate on thy precepts and regard thy word. Verse 17 and 18, deal bountifully with thy servant, that I may live and keep thy word. Open my eyes, that I may behold wonderful things from thy law. Verses 24 and 25, thy testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to thy word. Verse 27, Make me understand the way of thy precepts, so I will meditate on thy wonders. Verses 34 and, or 33 and 34. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall observe it to the end. Give me understanding that I may observe thy law and keep it with all my heart. Verses 37 and 40. 
Turn away my eyes from looking at vanity and revive me in thy ways. Behold, I long for thy precepts. Revive me through thy righteousness. Verse 47 and 48. I shall delight in thy commandments, which I love. And I shall lift up my hands to thy commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on thy statues. Verse 68, thou art good and dost good. Teach me thy statutes. Verse 69, the arrogant have forged a lie against me. With all my heart, I will observe thy precepts. Verse 73, thy hands made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Verse 74, may those who fear thee see me and be glad because I wait for thy word. Verses 89 and 90, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness continues throughout all generations. Thou didst establish the earth and it stands. Verse 92 and 93. If thy law had not been my delight, then I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for by them thou hast uh, revived me. Verses 97 and 98. Oh, how I love thy law. Mm. It is my meditation all the day. Thy commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. Verse 103, how sweet are thy words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. 105, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Yes. Verse 107, I am exceedingly afflicted. Revive me, O Lord, according to thy word. Verse 114, thou art my hiding place and my shield. I wait for thy word. Verse 130, the unfolding of thy word gives uh, light. It gives understanding to the simple. Verses 133 and 134, establish my footsteps in thy word and do not let any iniquity have dominion over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man that I may keep thy precepts. Verses 143, and 144. Trouble and anguish have come upon me, yet thy commandments are my delight. Thy testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. Verses 145 through 147. I cried with all my heart, answer me, O Lord. I will observe thy statutes. I cried to thee, save me, and I shall keep thy testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I wait for thy words. Verse 159. Consider how I love thy precepts. Revive me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Verse 160. The sum of thy word is truth, and every one of thy righteous ordinances is everlasting. Verse 162. I rejoice at that at thy word, as one who finds great spoil. Verse 165, those who love thy law have great peace, and nothing causes them to stumble. Verses 172 through 174, let my tongue sing of thy word, 
for all thy commandments are righteousness. Let thy hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. I long for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that just the reading of your word brings healing and cleansing and encouragement to our souls. I thank you that you loved us enough to give us this holy, holy book. Thank you that we can see Jesus on every page. Thank you that, thank you that it revives that it restores and renews and encourages us in our walk. Lord, you've spoken to each one of our hearts some way during this time of reading. And, and I ask that in a very special way, you will minister through your Holy Spirit. And let's just take a second here to just let things be quiet before God. The Lord is in his holy temple. And let all the earth rejoice. Father, we're women here that, that want to be clean before you, that want washed hands and feet so that we can be your servants. I ask that this be just the beginning for each one of us. When we not only look in fellowship and communion in your word, but for cleansing, show us our hearts, Lord so that that hidden person of our heart isn't covered by anything. And Lord, we can be who you created us to be, the, the wonderful masterpiece that brings glory and honor to you and to your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for every woman here. And we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.